0: What's up, you guys? Sean Ross at Managing Editor, FightfulWrestling.com. Fightful.com. Make sure you all join us here Sunday. It is Stomping Grounds coverage. But tonight, June 18th, it is time for SmackDown Live coverage. A couple programming notes have the Fightful Report, the Q&A show. I'm doing the 205 Live NXT UK review this week in place of Warren. All that up on Fightful Select. But this week, we've got the list in your boy. We've got Raw. We've got SmackDown. We've got Stomping Grounds. And this Thursday we have the NBA Draft podcast. We're going to kick it off at about nine Eastern. It's going to be sort of a watch along, a little bit delayed that way our takes can uh, be a little more educated. But I will be joined by this man, at least as of now. One, Jeremy Lambert. Jeremy, how you doing?
1: Assuming my Matt Hardy internet holds up, I will be there. What was it that you blamed for the issues? Oh, I have a Wi-Fi extender downstairs because my modem is right next to uh, my setup here in the office, but I have an extender downstairs because my wife uses the internet down there and the Apple TV, and I it has to pull from that, and it just doesn't cooperate with hang- Hangouts. So the extender is gone. Everything seems to be running smoothly tonight. We're in business, hopefully.
0: Well, you know what? Sometimes... Not everything does pull so smooth. Especially with your extender downstairs. Fortunately, our friends at Blue Chew can help! Damn, I'm good! BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. so you know they work no matter... What your stream is like. The prescribed online ship straight to your door in a discreet package. No in-person doctor's visits. No waiting at the pharmacy. No more awkwardness. Jeremy. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Since they're chewable, they work twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready when the opportunity arises, even at five p.m. on a Monday. You're good to go. Right now, you can get it for free. Free! Just use that code Fightful. Damn. Were you
1: working on that ever since I tweeted that last night? God.
0: As soon as you said extender last (laughs) night, I said, ooh, (laughs) give me that one. And she'll be saying the same thing when you take Bluetooth and use that code. (laughs) Fightful. I'm going to a wedding this Friday, and I legit had somebody hit me up and say, hey, got any of that blue chew and i said hey 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 i can't just dole it out but you go to fight or blue chew.com code fightful get it free man Whew. we're making our stomping ground picks tonight i don't know if we can top what just happened though so it was a good show guys it was a good show. damn i almost knocked here i almost knocked my mic over mother of god so this is, you know, do you know how hard it was to pass up Big E's Freaky Hour as the segue for Blue Chew? How, how hard was that, Sean? Well, not nearly <laughs> as hard as things will get when you take Blue Chew and use that code Fightful. Dolph Ziggler quickly interrupts the Freaky Hour talk, Jeremy. And he isn't as appreciative as, of Kofi as he has been in recent weeks. He Kofi casually explains all the ways that he can win the match and how he will. I thought this was... He was transparent as a way for WWE to remind everyone what the rules of a cage match were. But I thought he did it in a way that didn't beat us over the head with it necessarily. I thought it was pretty smooth.
1: It was fine. I don't have any... I don't care about Dolph Ziggler and his should have yeah. been me nonsense. I I will be happy when this match and this feud is over with mm-hmm. Ziggler. The match will probably be good. We'll talk about it later. It'll probably be good, but it, whatever. Dolph Ziggler can go
0: away again. Lie to Chris Van Vliet and go away again. How dare he lie to Chris Van Vliet? Uh, I'm starting to get targeted ads for his comedy show in Lexington. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Ziggler says that he's going to make sure Xavier can't help him out, him being Kofi Kingston anymore tonight, and he goes into actor mode. It should have been me. All right, man. This goes right into the opening match, and it's a good one. Xavier Woods, every time he's given an opportunity in a singles capacity, delivers, Jeremy. I thought he was amazing here, and Dolph Ziggler was really good too.
1: Ziggler can have good matches and that like that isn't my issue with him at all. My issue is just he's Dolph Ziggler and it, it's hard for them it's hard to care. Yeah. Uh Xavier is great. He's I don't even want to say he's underrated because that seems like uh it's like a Mike Conley thing is he's been called underrated so much. Let's plug the NBA draft show for Thursday. Yes. He's been called underrated so much that he's just properly rated now, but he's good at everything he does. And these two had a, a good television match. So I was, I enjoyed this match.
0: Yeah, I did too. I thought it was really great. Uh, Xavier Woods clothesline up against, or not clothesline drop kick up against the ropes is really good. It, it looks really tough. Zane and Owens come out and get involved. Zane, wild card number one. Uh, Xavier hits an awesome body block off the top to the outside on them and does this gut buster on Ziggler, like out of a press. That was awesome. Ziggler, however, kicks Xavier outside, does the zigzag in the ring, but won't let Woods roll out. I love the finish. It was a twist on the super kick, but Ziggler tied up Woods in the ropes a little bit, then hit it pinned him in the middle of the ring. It was good. It was clean. Put over Ziggler ahead of this match. Uh, I I don't buy Ziggler as winning, but we'll talk about that later. But what do you think of the super kick to finish it off? I I don't know that I've seen one like that.
1: Yeah, clever finish. Um, Kudos to whoever came up with that, whether it be Ziggler, Xavier, or somebody in the back. But a, a clever finish to... Something different, and that's needed on these shows because you would think in this situation Ziggler would probably typically win by some nonsense roll-up that doesn't look them, make him look quite as strong. But he looked good here, so I'm with you. I don't buy him, but
0: WWE's trying with him, so credit to them there. Does Baron Corbin count as a wild card? Because I haven't listed as number two, but we didn't actually see him. I don't know if he was there.
1: Wait, who who was one, Kevin Owens or Sami Zayn? Sami Zayn. (laughs) Okay.
0: I I thought it was Kevin Owens.
1: Yeah, I was well actuallying you from your your tweet. Uh, Yeah, I'm not going to count Kevin Owens because I forgot what damn brand he was on. I do that all the time. I don't count Baron Corbin because he was not shown. It was just a sign on a door. So I will give them a pass for that one.
0: Yeah, uh, that's about the only way you can. Shelton Benjamin and B we Team snow are back over there. The waiting. <laughs> they did. They did. The B team and Shelton Benjamin are back there waiting on Corbin. Uh Benjamin says he's going to use Corbin like Corbin is using everyone else. Matt Hardy emerges, calls Shelton Senor Benjamin. Thought that was kind of cute. Uh later on we see AOP back there. And the thing is, I don't know what damn brand they're on because we, outside of Super Showdown, we haven't seen them before since before the, the shakeup. So I don't know if they're Raw. I don't know if they're SmackDown. I don't know if they got moved over. I don't know what the hell's going on with them, but rather unceremonious way to return these guys. I
1: have, I think they were on Raw before the injury. And they were. Now they're maybe on SmackDown. Uh, who knows? They're just putting bodies on shows at
0: this point. But Ziggler was on Raw and is listed as a Raw superstar on the site, but wasn't around until after the shakeup. So I'm like, did he move to SmackDown and just nobody said anything? What's going on here? Hot damn. Hot damn. They don't well, they're, they're just drawing names out of hat. like you're on the show this week. Wild card number two or three Alexa Bliss and either number three or four Nikki Cross appear about a half an hour into the show. But then I wonder, are they collectively number three or number two just because they're a team? What the hell's going on here? They count they, like the New Day. They just
1: count as one. Yeah, but the New Day didn't count at all last night. The fine is coming. Have faith. Pissing Sean. me
0: the hell off.
1: <laughs> Have faith. They will be
0: fined in a press release at 1130 30 at night. Oh, 11 30. My God. Bailey comes out drinking Alexa's coffee and tells Nikki that Alexa is using her. Bliss said that she's always seen through Bailey. It says Bailey never helped her when she needed it in NXT. Bailey says, damn. During her promo, that is not kid-friendly. The inflatable tube men had their hearts broken. Says that Bliss doesn't deserve a damn thing. But Bliss says that Bayley peaked in NXT. A couple more things, like Bliss has the career that Bayley always wishes she did. And Bayley attacks. Now, if that's what set Bayley off, I'm like, damn, short fuse. Like, of all the things they said, that's what set her off?
1: I we talked about it last night. There's this edge to Bailey now, at least seemingly, and I'm fine with that. Like if that's what set her off. There's been a lot building up with Bailey if you kind of look at her whole history, and I don't know if WWE will quite go into all of that. I was waiting for a Sasha Banks reference here um that never came, but I was too. <laughs> I was waiting for, you know, Bailey saying like, I never needed anybody or something to to that extent. I was waiting for bliss to be like, wait, weren't you like attached to Sasha just three months ago and always needed her never came up, but what can you do there? I like the edge to Bailey bliss continues to be great. I like Nikki cross in the background, just making funny faces and really selling this segment uh, with her faces. So kudos to all three women for, for doing a great job with this segment. And Joe Holbert will have a feature on it because it didn't suck.
0: Yeah, his stipulation was that this didn't have to suck, and, and he would write a feature on it. So that that's good to go. Cross broke it up, screamed at Bailey, it allowed Bliss to attack. Man, Nikki Cross just she's really delivering in this role, and this started out kind of lame, but I thought it got really good by the end, and and I was quite okay with it. Uh, wildboy87 in the super chat says do you think brave vignettes could have the same result as emilina reminder guys if you all want to submit questions uh, send a super chat we'll read your statement or question on the air or you can subscribe to fightfulselect.com it's the most direct way to support us every other week and ask me as many questions as you want for our Q&A show what do you think personally I think they've got too much invested in Firefly Funhouse and there's too much of a buzz around it for it to end up like uh, emilina i
1: can't see a way it ends up like emelina just two completely different ends of the spectrum
0: yeah i i the only way in which i hope it ends up in like emelina is that bray wyatt ends up in ring of honor wrestling kelly klein that's about it that's that's the <laughs> don't natural wish progression.
1: That on, don't wish that on that poor man <laughs> that's the natural progression
0: a lot, it is. <laughs> backstage apollo approaches Zelina, looking for andrade now I was sitting here thinking, man, is Apollo even on this show anymore? Because he showed up in NXT last week. So what's going on with that? With that, uh, She flirts That's with him. Spoiler. You're just giving out spoilers here on that show. I, yeah, I am. I, I sure as hell am because I don't cover NXT. Uh, Steven okay. Jensen does that. On FightfulSelect.com, she flirts with him, Andrade Attacks, and Chad Gable, who debuted on 205 Live last week, is backstage scouting. There's not a lot to talk about the attack, but what do you think Chad Gable's doing?
1: Stealing Dana Brooks' former gimmick? Yeah, you think he's a good mathematician? Where'd he he's, go to school? He's going the analytics route. Yeah, he's going the analytics route. AEW was talking about doing all these analytics. And yeah, Chad he's Gable is getting into the game.
0: So he's stealing Tony Khan's gimmick. I yeah. like the way you do business, Chad Gable. Where'd he go to school at? Northern Michigan University. Now, uh, yeah, I'm not exactly hip to whatever the hell it is they got going on. But I don't know.
1: Maybe Dana I don't Brooks feel like was... people from Michigan are all that smart.
0: Damn, I wasn't going to go there. You were thinking it. I wasn't going to go there. Let me see where, where Dana Brooke went to college at. Kent State? Yeah, it's probably a better school. Probably a better school. Got to go with uh, Dana Brooks' math skills on that one. The Kabuki Warriors versus the Iconics for the tag titles in Tokyo, but not really. It's for a shot at a shot. Like These guys saw the AEW really confusing tag team match this afternoon and were like, you know what? Let's do one of our own. Let's do a shot for a shot. That's happening in Tokyo next weekend. Uh, Next weekend we have SmackDown in Oregon. Do you think that Peyton and Billy Kay will talk about the crowd dying of dysentery as they it, drive their covered wagon around.
1: It would be a missed opportunity if they didn't. Hmm. Oregon trail takes shots at the, the trailblazers. E- easy material for the iconics.
0: Oh yeah. Shane Haas in a super chat says any news on the good brothers? Now their outlets speculated they signed new deals. I'm not going to speculate because I don't know. I know the Revival haven't signed new deals yet. That's about uh, the only update in that regard I've gotten this week. Backstage, Ember Moon runs into Carmella looking for truth, but then approaches Fire and Desire who have their donuts. A lot of people might not know it, but they review donuts on Instagram. Uh, YouTube. Yeah, Okay, yeah, that too. (laughs) Ember seemed really cliche and angry. Like, this seems to be perpetually what Ember Moon, her whole MO is, like, She goes up and she says some cliche stuff, screams and attacks, and and that's it. I got to see some more layers out of an Ember Moon. I have
1: always caught heat for not getting Ember Moon because I just don't see it with her. Great wrestler, great look. I don't get the character. I don't know what she's supposed to be, what they're trying to build to with her. And, and this didn't do her many favors either. Uh, is she a nerd? Cause she likes video games and books. I I don't know the story they're trying to tell with her. And she's just very lost in the shuffle. And I think the potential is there. I need to see more from either the writing team or for her creatively. Something needs to click with her that's not clicking right now. I love Sonia and Mandy. I think they're great together, and this yeah. segment, I thought they did a great job with it. And Sonia showed some good fire, sticking up with her, uh, sticking up for her friend after Ember kind of sucker punched Mandy. I guess so. I I like the feud. I think it's fine, but I just don't see it with Ember Moon right now.
0: You just know that Vince McMahon or somebody saw her playing a uh, Nintendo Switch backstage and he's like,
1: What are you doing with that Game Boy?
0: You fucking nerd. And that was her gimmick all of a sudden. Like that was, You're reading? Ugh. Okay, cool. Heavy Machinery defeated the B team. This was not a match I was excited for, but hey, Otis is over, man. Otis was over. Daniel Bryan was very Otis good. Otis is on,
1: definitely over.
0: Yeah. Daniel Bryan was good on commentary. He runs them down for wanting to be the Bushwhackers instead of the Sheep Herders, which is phenomenal. The Sheep Herders were who the Bushwhackers were before WWE, and they were a damn good tag team. I think it was the match against the Fantastics in uh, the mid-80s that really, really stands out. But Bryan also complimented Tucker and Otis. He, he talked about their their athletic abilities and the things they could do in the ring that that they do well and really shut them down from a comedic aspect. I thought that that lended a little bit more credibility to Daniel Bryan because he wasn't just shitting on them to shit on them. He was like, Hey, these guys can be good. And the thing is, I don't know if they can really, but you got Daniel Bryan sitting there saying they are. So I'm like, okay, maybe they could be. And I'm sure there are some other people out there in the world that are like that. This is where just a guy like Daniel Bryan
1: gets it is if you, bury this team for being a comedy act and you lose to them, then what does that make you? And if you beat them, okay, you beat a comedy act. Brian understands that you can take jabs at them, but you also need to put them over with some credibility. So if you beat them, then you look credible. And if they beat you, it doesn't look like the biggest joke of the world. Daniel, we don't deserve Daniel Bryan in any aspect of the sport.
0: He's outstanding. Um <laughs> Otis hits the caterpillar, and I love that Brian does the old Harley Race. Harley Race used to ask people what their finish was. He'd go, What's your finish, kid? And then <laughs> when somebody would tell him, he goes, I'll move. Daniel <laughs> Bryan said he would do that about the caterpillar. He's like, I'll move. Okay.
1: Who Let had the sh- who had the line, What's your finish so I can kick out of it? Was that Hogan?
0: <laughs> I think so. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Uh, actually, it's very believable from him. Uh, heavy machinery went with the compactor. Seth Rollins' wild card number five, I think, shows up and uh <laughs> hits B team with a chair. Just brutalizes them. Yeah, this was this was cool. The thing is, B team were so insignificant. I didn't even expect Seth what Ra- One, I didn't think Seth Rollins was there, but the fact that he was, I wouldn't have even thought that he would go after the a-team he'd be like them sure why not
1: if he's gonna attack eric young he may as well attack the b-team he's still living up to his word i mean at least the b-team are former tag team champions what does
0: eric young accomplish but he is the most decorated wrestler in tna history jeremy how dare you who are you to doubt Eric Young?
1: I have not beaten nearly as many people
0: as Eric Young. Eric Young is a two-time NWA World Tag Team Champion. He held the TNA Legends Championship, the Global Championship, the Television Championship, and the King of the Mountain Championship, all of which are technically the same championship, but he held every iteration of it. He is a knockouts tag team champion. The last one. He held the TNA World Beer Drinking Championship. Do you remember that title? No. It was a replica no. of John Cena's spinner belt. It was the foam version, but oh, they, I do remember. they <laughs> glued a beer bottle to it yeah. and it spun around. He is a two-time tag team champion with Kazarian still at it, by the way, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. Do the math on that one, why don't you? He is a former TNA World Heavyweight Champion. He is a former TNA X Division Champion. He won the TNA World Cup of Wrestling with the uh, incredible stable of Bully Ray, ODB, Eddie Edwards, and Gunner. He won the TNA Turkey Bowl twice! Two times! And he won their Most Inspirational Award in 2016.
1: I can't top that. That's actually a good resume for, for old Eric young NTNA, a company that no longer exists
0: arguably the most decorated wrestler in company history and that's not even a joke just saying. him and jeff jarrett here's here's the most important one and i'm glad it's on his wikipedia the extreme wrestling coalition world heavyweight championship do you know why that is important i do not jimmy van owned that company <laughs> jimmy van promoted that company hot this is
1: why you're putting eric young over so hard
0: yes you can see several of his old matches at fightfulselect.com both dark match commentary and alternate commentary it's a good time drew mcintyre wild card number six is with shay mcmahon and elias they cut promos and then wild card number seven the miz comes out jeremy Shane McMahon seemed very confused about the Miz being there. That makes two of us. I was also very confused. And Miz trolls them with a video. So Miz, a Raw superstar, is complaining because SmackDown, a brand that he's not on, isn't as different from Raw as Shane McMahon said it would be. Then Miz, a Raw superstar, to remind you, (laughs) on SmackDown complains that Shane McMahon is taking up too much airtime on a show that he isn't on, that he is taking up airtime on, Jeremy. What the fuck is going on here? Why
1: why does this anger you so much?
0: It is an insult to my intelligence. (laughs) It frustrates me. And you know what? Maybe if Miz wasn't wildcard number seven at this point, Lou Bega had less names in Mambo Number 5 <laughs> than the Wild Card had this week. What is going on?
1: Man. Sean, in the words of the legendary Taylor Swift, you need to calm down.
0: Son of a bitch. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Well, Shane booked a tag team elimination match. Okay. But... So- the stipulations continue. Elias and Drew against the Miz and anyone he can find in ten seconds. Well, Roman Reigns ain't there, you know the SmackDown superstar who was on Raw last night. He wasn't there, but Truth is wandering around. So we get awesome Truth back. I like that. What did you when you saw the when you saw our Truth out there? Did you immediately did it plug in for you? Like, hey, that's awesome Truth.
1: Yeah, because they got blamed for the bad Survivor Series buy rates against (laughs) Rock and Cena. So I, I immediately thought of that. I was shocked that Roman Reigns was not the partner. That seemed like the obvious setup there. So I actually give them a little bit of credit for not doing the obvious thing. On the Miz promo, I liked it. I'm with you that it should have come from somebody else. I don't... They've made Miz look so bad as a babyface, and this continued here. I I can't get behind this guy at all. He's losing at every turn. He gives great fire, but the dude just, he doesn't win at all. He just keeps getting put one over by Shane McMahon, of all people. WWE has created a compelling storyline, almost, with this best in the world thing, with the absolute wrong people.
0: I uh, I agree with you, man. I completely agree with you. So this match happens. Miz and Truth bust out their old hip toss. McMahon trips up Truth and Elias pins him with a knee. Then we get the, all, the 24-7 crew coming out. And they think, Shelton especially, thinks he can just steal the title. Now granted, Jeremy, based on how the title was introduced, the confusion is understandable. Because literally all you had to do to win that title at first was grab it.
1: Yeah, I I thought Shelton was in the right here to think he could just grab (laughs) it and go because everyone else just – he sees truth just always running away with it, so why wouldn't he think it's the same deal? Forgivable, especially
0: considering the amount that he's on the show.
1: Matt Hardy, by the way, (laughs) this guy was two laps behind Shelton. Just turn around, and you would have hit him.
0: Come on, Matt. Matt. Matt Hardy does not need to be running. He doesn't need to be running. First off, he just found out he's having a kid. Happy Father's Day, Matt Hardy. But uh, the guy has had issues with his hip sockets for a long time. We don't need to see him trying to foot race Shelton Benjamin, (laughs) one of the fastest people in WWE history. My God. My God. Um, We get a sneaky Glasgow kiss and a Claymore that wins it for the heels Miz had got worked over through the commercial, hit a nice DDT. Shane helps Drew hit another one after the match. They're really building up Drew and and Shane McMahon, but they've got so many people involved here that it seems like every single week, at least some combination of these three are getting their asses kicked or losing a match. So it's hard for me to see them as a dominant faction of of, a... of that kind when that happens. And when you've got so many people involved, including the revival, that's going to happen. Because, I mean, traditionally, the way that you build a stable is you make them really, really dominant. Nobody gets to them. Nobody gets to them. Then you slowly get to them until you get to the final boss. But uh, how how are these three doing it for you? Uh, we talked about what happened last night, but uh, this, this trio.
1: I like Drew. I'm waiting for WWE to just really commit to this guy because they... The talk is that they're always going to push him. They're going to give him the big push. They're going to give him the big push. And then it just never happens. And I'm worried for him on Sunday. Elias is just kind of who he is at this point. He's very entertaining, but is kind of just a mid-card, almost comedy act. And, I mean, Shane's the best in the world. They're protecting that guy, at least. Got to get over 50-year-old Shane McMahon if you're
0: going to get over anybody. Ain't that the truth. So, up next, uh, we will... We'll kind of go into the 24-7 thing because after the match, Truth is, is gone. He's leaving. He approaches an SUV and sees the ref hop out and go, you're an Uber driver too? He was not. WWE paying what it used to be for refs. Yeah. Drake Maverick is dressed.
2: Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? Dot com, And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.
0: This Carmella and Penn's Truth. This was just a perfect encapsulation of what our truth can be and is, and Drake Maverick as well. He pit, first off, this was, first off, first off. Before you start, Drake Maverick pinned him with his feet on the SUV. Yes, I <laughs> that thought that was, was so clever. That was amazing. That was perfect. Like, I, I hope that was an audible that Drake Maverick called. Like, let me get this extra leverage. <laughs> that ruled Jeremy. This is great stuff. It, uh oh,
1: Drake Maverick, I mean R-Truth has been the star of the twenty-four-seven title, but Drake Maverick with his social media posts has been the second uh, the second star in this whole thing. With the the flyers, just People saying, oh, you're not paying attention to 205 Live where you're the general manager, and then he brings in Gable to help out there. He's been really good on social media, and it's good to see him get rewarded with this title. I don't know how long the run will last. He's getting married this weekend. If that wedding doesn't get crashed, then I I don't know if they want to do that, but it seems like the perfect opportunity to just crash this man's wedding, and have a title switch at a
0: legitimate wedding. And they can show it at stomping grounds, too. They can show it there. But EC3 is the best man at that wedding. Like, I... And, and what would be even best? EC3 is kind of a ref now, too. <laughs> can he just pin him and count it himself? It. I'm so excited about all this. Truth, after all this, <laughs> still thinks it's Carmella, and it's like, What?! Carmella's getting married and didn't invite me (laughs) amazing amazing
1: it was a fantastic segment these 24-7 title segments are so so good and you said that the wrestlers are getting more creative freedom with them and shocker you give these guys a little bit more creative freedom they produce good stuff
0: I mean if this were back in the day they'd have Drake Maverick, a camera, in his bedroom as he's about to consummate the marriage. <laughs> and then a ref ro- rolls in and somebody else covers him and he's like, you're not my wife! <laughs> like, they, they would go that way. And you don't know how hard it was to not go into a Bluetooth segue there about getting to 2.9, but, oh! You kick out. But I won't do that. I'll save that for stomping grounds. But, you know, regardless of if you're at a wedding or at stomping grounds or you're backstage or you're in the parking lot, you can listen to our friends at Knockdown Sports Radio anywhere. Chris Calicut and Cody Teague dive deeper into popular sports topics on Knockdown Sports Radio. They take a look at the social and cultural side of sports. Look past all the hot take debate shows and listen to in-depth opinionated conversations and you can do it anywhere. If you want to support their podcast, go to anchor.fm slash KSR. Hit the support podcast button. A portion of the proceeds raised for the rest of June will go to the ADAA for Anxiety and Depression Awareness. You'll hear interviews with sports and podcast personalities. I myself have been on their show and had a blast last year talking about NBA. Uh, Chris will be joined by ESPN radio host Freddie Coleman this week. Find the show anywhere you listen to podcasts at and check out their Twitter at knockdown underscore media knockdown sports radio you guys will love this show it is a blast make sure you guys check it out chris is slated to join us on the uh nba draft show this thursday so you'll get to hear a little bit about him and from him on that show i gotta tell you jeremy i've not made it a big secret like we've been shorthanded this week we've been understaffed this week i think Everybody on the staff is going to miss at least some time. I need Thursday. I need to unleash my shit takes all over, (laughs) all over the internet for NBA. I can't wait to hear how many people tell me to stick to wrestling Thursday. I am thoroughly pumped for this.
1: I like how you get off on getting your shit off and then getting shit on. I love it. I love it.
0: I live for this, I'm excited
1: for Thursday as well. I I need that, and I need to bury Joe Holbert uh, tomorrow in our
0: second booking session. Who will win a championship first? Barry Horowitz as the goon in your TEW series here on Fightful.com or the Lakers?
1: Definitely the goon, because oh, okay. the coon might be a champion uh, by the end of tomorrow in less than 24 hours. The <laughs> Lakers, they might need another 24 years. So it,
0: it, this isn't even close. Main event time. So uh, backstage, KO and Zone, or Zane appro- approach a an arriving Shane McMahon with this weird, like background noise they're by all the semi trucks and like you've got this going on in the background it's wild and they complain about seth rollins and shane just books kofi and rollins against zane and owens in a best two out of three falls match who who in wwe watched demolition heart foundation from SummerSlam 90 and just decided that's how they were doing things like non-stop two out of three falls matches and elimination matches. Does this seem like a little much to you this week? It's, it's weird. It's very out of nowhere
1: that you would do these things with, you never do these type of things. And now you're doing, I can accept it uh, once, but then they've done it now on two straight shows. And I, I told you last night, it feels like somebody finally discovered up, up, down, downs, battle of the brands between Xavier and Tyler Breeze and they saw that oh you add stipulations to matches you get better match ratings and they put two and two together and they think it works like that. Video games are taking over the world so Yeah. That that's my theory on why there's more stipulation matches now.
0: Yeah, like if if this were happening like maybe once every other week, I I think that even if it didn't have stakes, it would add a little bit of excitement. I'd be okay with that. So, uh, I do like that. go ahead. Oh, I do like that on the like two out of three
1: falls matches. Like they're doing two straight falls and the elimination matches, they're doing two straight
0: eliminations. It is different. So that's something that I was going to mention. They've done that with all of them. (laughs) Yeah. It's like they're hammering it in like, Hey, it's not always going to be two out of three. It'll be two. Well, it'll be two out of three, but it'll be consecutive. And I'm okay with that too. As long as in the future, Every single one isn't two to one fall or or the complete opposite way. I'm okay with there being streaks and and a little bit of a disparity and, and mix there. I, I'm okay with that. It keeps things unpredictable. I like that. Trouble in Paradise pins Zane immediately. Owens fights back. He's really good. It's no surprise. Rollins, it's one of the best blockbusters I've seen. He just does that great. Kofi Kingston, man. He is still over big time. He gets that that tag, and the crowd loves him, and I mentioned I think last night he's won over 40 straight matches, including live events, and I think he's at like 17 or 18 straight TV matches. This is how you build a champion, Jeremy. They continue to do a great
1: job with Kofi. I, I loved the quick Trouble in Paradise finish, because you can do something like that in a two out of three falls match. Um, and it just keeps kofi looking strong it shows that hey he can hit this move immediately and it can be over almost like a a ufc fight where it's just an immediate flash knockdown or immediate knockout and it gets the finisher over too. the to where he doesn't need to hit it 15 minutes in the match and then someone kicks out like it puts the finisher over strong that a guy can be fresh get hit with this move and that's the end for him
0: yeah i I love that too uh there's some great back and forth. Zane hit a beautiful blue thunder bomb. That is just one of the most gorgeous moves in wrestling. I love that. I would just love to see him and Baron Corbin just a couple highlights: a blue thunder bomb and deep six. I want I want them to find a way to combine it. It ain't gonna happen. But like, you can, go ahead. You can
1: do it on M Dickey's 3D wrestling. I don't know if you've ever played that yeah, game, but I've you seen can it.
0: you can chain together
1: some weird ass moves on that game.
0: I love it. Maybe we need to set up a game of that, or, or at least some some hijinks on a future fightful gaming. Uh, clear that WWE wanted the the clean sweep thing to keep going with the eliminations, the two out of three falls. Rollins wins with the curb stomp, and Paul Heyman is shown looking on. I thought a pretty solid SmackDown. Not great or anything, but there, outside of the dumbass wild card thing, there wasn't anything like really terrible on the show and all things considered, that's a pretty good week of WDB content that we've got on Monday and Tuesday. And I can't tell you how hilarious I think it is that that happens the week that Alex has off. (laughs) I find that hilarious. I, I told you that
1: you're going to bring me back now because you think it's some good luck charm that WWE is, is good when I'm on these shows and Alex is just the bad juju around everything.
0: I know that Alex right now is on his road trip and somewhere he sees like like Skittles, two for a dollar, and he's like, well, I, I appreciate that they want Skittles pushed, but where does Ember Moon fit into this? Where does Ember Moon fit into this? Marathon? marathon gas station how you're, you're pushing skittles down our throat skittles isn't even supposed to be here I know what's happening guys I am sad that he can't join us Thursday I'm bummed about that but you guys can join us Thursday for that NBA draft show uh I keep mentioning guys Jeremy and Joe the Monday night Wars 95 wCW 95 wWF Total Extreme Wrestling. It's a a booking show. It's the newest edition of Fightful Gaming. A new episode drops every week. Uh, You can subscribe to Fightful Select and get the entire filmings as they do them. Uh, So make sure you guys check that out. We've got just a ton of stuff coming out. Uh, Jeremy has interviews this week with Willie Mack and Medusa. So you guys are missing out if you're not following him at Jeremy Lambert 88 But Jeremy, it is time to make our stomping ground predictions. The tagline apparently, like kicking ass and taking names or something. I don't know what the hell they got the word ass in their tagline now.
1: Yeah, not very PG to say that you're going to kick some ass,
0: man. Bailey out here saying, "Damn, it's it's ending." The well, freaky we...
1: hour coming up soon.
0: I'm ready. Bailey versus Alexa Bliss, SmackDown Live Women's Championship. Nikki Cross will be on the outside here. How do you see this one going?
1: I've gone back and forth on this one because on one hand, it seems like it's too early to take the title off Bailey. On the other hand, Alexa Bliss is great at whatever she does. And you can get a lot of mileage out of Bliss being the champion and Nikki Cross being her second. Then you have, I guess, a raw superstar as the SmackDown champion. If that stuff even matters anymore, I'm going to stick with Bailey in some type of shenanigans type finish to build the rematch since stomping grounds is almost exclusively rematches at the top of the card. This is one match that is not a rematch. So now you have to do the stomping grounds rematch at extreme rules.
0: I think Bailey's going to win this. I see some dissension between Alexa and Nikki, maybe, I I am just consistently intrigued and entertained by Alexa and Nikki. I I like it. Daniel Bryan and Rowan against Heavy Machinery. I don't think you can take it off of Daniel Bryan and Rowan. I think this is the team to rebuild those tag team titles with. Agreed.
1: Uh, Bryan just great at everything he does. Rowan is the perfect second for him as the big bodyguard and the intellectual uh, alongside Bryan. Heavy Machinery, they're i mean otis is over they they're credible according to daniel bryan a man who has never told a lie you gotta keep going with with brian and, and rowan in this spot though because that smackdown tag division is weak it's new japan-esque yes yes
0: uh speaking of smackdown tag teams kevin owens and Sami Zayn aren't one of them they're half of one of them but they take on new day I feel like Owens and Zayn need to win here, but New Day are the hot hand, and I wonder if you should keep them strong. But like I said, man, Owens and Zayn, they, they've been losing a lot lately. I would probably go with them.
1: And they lost on Raw. They lost on SmackDown. It does seem like this is an opportunity for them to get their win back. I'll give WWE credit in that the past two nights, the guys they've wanted to get over strong, they've gotten over strong. And if they want to keep that going with, with New Day, who they put over strong on uh, these two shows these past two nights, they can do that at stomping grounds. And Brian and Rowan, they're going to need challengers. And you can always go to New Day in that spot. And Xavier and Big E is, is fresh for Brian and Rowan because Brian just came off the feud with, with Kofi. So it is sort of a natural progression if they want to go to that tag team feud.
0: Yeah, you speak about guys that they got over. Roman Reigns, I thought that was one of the best uses of him ever Monday. He's facing Drew McIntyre. Hard for me to believe that Drew McIntyre will win, but I could see Shane McMahon getting involved because they are really hammering home that Shane McMahon is a real shit banana and he's going to force feed himself down everybody's throat. I could see Roman Reigns losing, but to me, honestly, it's about... 40% Forty percent Drew, sixty percent Roman. How do you got it?
1: And same thing with Drew on getting him over. They did that with him tonight on SmackDown, giving him the the falls against Miz and and our truth, and then taking out Miz even further afterwards. It's the same thing with Drew, where they seem hot on him, and then they don't give him that win. I hope they give him the win. I'm with you that Shane interferes. Maybe it's not one hundred percent clean. He. It's tough beating Roman clean because that's their guy. But give Drew McIntyre this victory. Give him that credible victory. And then Roman will get his revenge on both guys down the line. But I I hope they give the win to Drew. It's tough to pick against Roman, especially after he just lost to Shane.
0: That's a good point. Samoa Joe defends the United States Championship against Ricochet. Ricochet has gotten over in the last month and a half because he's been allowed to be Ricochet. Uh, you know, even if maybe there are some slip ups with him landing on Cesaro's legs, they're like, you know what, come right back, do the 630, bounce off of Miz's chest, who cares? Samoa Joe, I. it's like if he loses, he's always going to be in this spot. He's always going to be right there for a United States title run or something of the sort. I could see Ricochet winning and starting the United States title open challenge and, just blowing the doors off of raw every single week, but they do that very often. And then they forget about it in two weeks and start a feud. So what do you think? The open challenge makes even
1: more sense now with the wild card rule. And you could have some random guy from SmackDown actually get a guy who doesn't appear on raw every single week, like get a Chad Gable to come out there and give me a 10 minute Chad Gable ricochet match, because that sounds pretty good. Um, Joe, like you said, he's a guy who's always going to be in the spot, largely due to his, his presence and his mic work. He, he can get himself over with his mic work anytime he wants to.
0: I like putting the the title on Ricochet. Let, let's make this guy. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think the, the man can make the title in that regard. And if Ricochet is allowed to go out there and do that and have those barn burner matches, he's the way to go. Tony Neese nice against a yet to be named opponent. Do you think TBD or TBA defeats Tony Nice? I think
1: it'll be Tazawa or Gallagher. Um, that is the 205 Live is currently going on. It might be over, and they probably announce it. It's probably too early to take the title off of Tony Nice. 205 Live's great. Tony Nice doesn't really feel like a big-time champion, but maybe he it's- gets himself over.
0: Uh, it says, uh, I think somebody says uh, Akira and Tony. It's a. Or I'll look up. I'll look up and see who it is. You guys in the chat are a little bit fudgy. They're gonna I, work. I don't you. trust you yet. I don't trust you yet. Who was it down to?
1: It was. It was Tazawa and Gallagher. They won the Fatal Four Way
0: match with the double pinfall oh, okay. so, last week. Okay. Yeah, it'll be a triple threat then. Up next, Becky Lynch defends the Raw women's championship against Lacey Evans. I gotta go Becky here. If Lacey wins this, if Lacey wins this, well then there's no reason for Becky to be on Raw. Well, wait. Wild card, <laughs> never mind. It doesn't nothing matters.
1: What brand is Becky technically on? Do we know?
0: Smackdown. She's listed as a SmackDown superstar on the website. That's weird to me. Yeah, that's that's a very good point.
1: That website doesn't. Their website's terrible. Not quite as
0: bad as the UFC website, but it's not a, oh a God. very functional
1: <laughs> website. That is
0: that is a miserable redesign. Uh, you got Becky winning this? Yeah, Becky. Becky should win. Seth Rollins against Baron Corbin. Rollins defends the Universal Championship with a special guest referee. Do you think the ref will be Lesnar? If not, who do you think it'll be?
1: I don't think it'll be Lesnar. And if it is, and they didn't advertise him, what in the hell are they doing? Um, I don't know. It'll be it'll be Kurt Angle. I don't have a good reason why. It'll just be Kurt
0: Angle. Damn, damn. I like it though. I like it though. They got to get that money's worth. All right, Rollins is winning this. There is no way Baron Corbin
1: put the title on Baron Corbin. You cowards. <laughs>
0: One oh, showing boy. up the TGI Fridays with the belt and the double vest. <laughs> Kofi Kingston goes to Ghana. Baron Corbin goes <laughs> to TGI Fridays and Applebee's.
1: That's right.
0: Oh, on a Friday night where it's popping. Got the taking Yankees game at, up on on the screens. Oh, taking shots
1: at AEW since they were sponsored by TGI Fridays yes. prior to All In. Make this happen.
0: Kofi Kingston defends the WWE Championship against Dolph Ziggler. Kofi's winning this. My God, he's one of the best-built champions in recent memory. He ain't losing to Dolph Ziggler. You don't
1: think that Dolph Ziggler is trying to escape and Kofi grabs him by the hair and Ziggler's hair is just so slick that he (laughs) slips down and and wins the match?
0: No, I don't. (laughs) I think it happened via an accident for sure.
1: Yeah, Kofi Kofi's winning, and match should be fine. I, I'm actually excited for match quality of it because I like both of these guys in the ring. But Kofi should definitely win.
0: We'll go through a few little headlines today. Steve Austin said in his uh, new pod or relaunched podcast that he felt like shit about that 2016 Dean Ambrose John Moxley interview. It says he got Ambrose's or Moxley's number and was happy that there was no ill will there. Uh, I am too, because basically it sounds like that was all in the producer based on the Moxley interviews.
1: Yeah. Moxley previously mentioned that to the producer, he didn't want to talk about any type of his family. And I guess that message was lost in translation to Austin. And so he asked them family stuff and then Moxley checked out and Austin kind of, he tried to carry it along and it didn't work because Moxley admitted that he checked out and it was good that Austin addressed it. It was I, I liked he rambled on his podcast this morning, but I ramble as well, so I can't hold that against the greatest of all time. Um, it's good that there is no ill will, and I would be stunned if we don't get a podcast between those two in the
0: next couple of months. Scarlett Bordeaux released by Impact Wrestling, but PW Insider says that Killer Cross is unlikely to receive his release. Now, You guys can uh, check out our podcast feed. You all can check out YouTube. Uh, Dennis Farrell and Petey Williams Wrestling Perspective Podcast had an awesome interview with Killer Cross last week. Jeremy, you were putting it over to me last week as well. Dennis Farrell is very good. If you think that because it's a Petey Williams podcast that Dennis isn't going to go in-depth on this stuff, he does. And Killer Cross was very candid, Jeremy about his status, about Scarlett Bordeaux's status. She lives with her family, for the love of God. Uh, Did it surprise you that Scarlett got her contract or got her release? And uh, do you think they will eventually give in? Because, quite frankly, both of these people would get heavy interest all over the place. I was very surprised that they gave Scarlett her
1: release. It seemed like they were going to stand pat on both of them. So when they came out and said, yep, we released her, I was like, okay, that's... good for scarlet it's good that she was able to get out because killer cross yeah first off that podcast was so so good Last week, um, and one of the better podcasts and interviews that I've had the pleasure of transcribing and Dennis Farrell is really good at what he does. Petey Williams adds a different perspective, uh, being a producer and a, uh, still a wrestler and killer cross is very open with everything. I encourage everyone to listen to that podcast. If you, if you haven't already, it sounded like Scarlet's situation was worse than Killer Cross's and he admitted as much and maybe they had some compassion in that regard and decided to let her out while Killer Cross they have a little less compassion because they clearly see talent in this guy the guy is talented they want to they're putting him with their top guys in their top spots and they want to build him as something He just wants more money and probably rightfully
0: so. A thousand apologies to the person in the chat who corrected me on Becky Lynch being listed as a Raw superstar. From now on, because you were upset, I'm going to make sure to check her WWE.com profile daily i gotta make sure to do it
1: oh the now this dude i'm gonna have sean message me and be like hey make sure you mention in the fight size what what brand becky lynch is you on. got it
0: you got it guys if you all aren't opening those fight sizes and going into those uh every morning every evening you're missing out because it keeps you from clicking on 40 articles at a time uh myself or jeremy or andrew compile a lot of uh news that kind of falls through the cracks one of those, which we actually turned into a full article, Aerostar is okay after his crazy ass triple A dive last night. Sarah Logan says that she is a Viking and will raid the women's division. I'm okay if she ends up there, uh, ends up uh, with the the War Raiders, the Viking Raiders, whatever it may be. You also have Savio Vega debuting for MLW. That is a very MLW thing to do. Uh, Tony Khan says AEW will hold a tag team title tournament when they start on TNT. Also noted their show will be two hours and will be live every week, which I love. John Moxley to miss the opening day of G1 Climax uh, at the urging of AEW. Which of these stories stood out to you the most, Jeremy? The Moxley
1: one got a lot of the headlines. Um, It's good that he's not out of the entire tournament. I don't begrudge AEW for saying he's our guy. We're going to keep him from this United States match. Uh, the Tony Khan stuff, I think we all kind of knew it was two hours and it was going to be live. Tony Khan just confirming it is is—it's news, but at the same time, it was in the press release. So uh, I, that wasn't too big of a deal to me. I'm glad Aerostar is okay. That Don't do that, dude. Don't, don't do it. And did you see his follow-up tweet where he said, like, it's not an impossible flight. I will practice it and get better.
0: Like, yes. Dude, what? No, was like, don't, was don't like, practice this at all. He was like, he was an audience deserve it? And I'm like, we don't really. Yeah. We're not that great. We are, by and large, very <laughs> terrible, especially collectively as an audience. We're actually pretty consistently terrible. But, guys, uh, if you want something that is consistently terrible – you are going to want to tune in Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Jeremy is actually somewhat of a professional as it pertains to covering NBA basketball. He's done that much credit. I, I've dabbled a little bit. I covered NBA for fans cited. Eh, eh. I've done a little bit back in my day, but um, it's going to be a time. It's going to be good. And hey, if you guys like it, we will do more of it. Jeremy, tell the people what you got going on this week.
1: The second episode of me burying Joe Holbert in TEW16 will come out on Friday. We are recording the second session tomorrow. Sign up to Fightful Select if you want the full booking session. We are going to dedicate, I don't know, a good two or three hours when I'm supposed to be doing other work. And instead, I'm going to be playing video games with Joe.
0: Yeah, guys, subscribe to Fightful Select. It is the most direct way to support us. Thank you guys so much. Till next time, follow Jeremy at JeremyLambert88. Follow me at SeanRossApp. Until next time, we're out.